0: seconds to spare, Natalie Bickers was the last person standing at the Moab 240 this year. She finished the race just in the nick of time to be considered a finisher of the 240-mile ultramarathon among the other 127 finishers this year. She hadn't planned on cutting it so close. Can you imagine the adrenaline of running as fast as you can for the last few miles of a 240-mile race just to get across the finish line before the final cutoff. Natalie did it, and she's not even close to being done with uh, 200-mile races either. We get into it all in just a minute. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing. If you need pacers or crew for your ultra marathon this year, get us on the books. I've got some monster ultra runners on my team willing to help you get into that finish line. I'm talking Nolan's finishers. I'm talking Tour de Jean's finishers. I'm talking all the 14ers in Colorado, FKT holders. These guys are all on my team. I've got some studs. Uh, whether you're new to the sport or an elite, we've got somebody for you. We also offer coaching and you can find everything at big-things-crewing.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Brewing on pace wellness and exoscan stick around to the end of the show and i'll get you some discount codes for items or services that are just going to enhance your outdoor adventures all right with two seconds to spare here she is ladies and gents natalie bickers yeah baby All right. We have a special guest today, Natalie Bickers. Uh, she just completed the MOAB 240 and she got the most for her money. Uh, she had storms, hallucinations. She, she had it all. And she was the last woman standing. So I can't wait to hear her story. Natalie, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good today. <laughs> good. Good. Um, you're in Alaska. Is that right? I am. Yeah. Nice. How long have you lived there? pretty much
2: my entire life. I was born up here and I've been gone, um, five years total, I think of my entire life. Okay.
0: So over four years. <laughs> nice. Nice. And, uh, yeah. where are you at in Alaska?
2: Um, I live in Palmer, Alaska, which is about 45 minutes to an hour North of Anchorage. Anchorage so okay. Southern part of the state. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Um, I've been yeah. to Juneau. I've never been to Anchorage. Yeah. Different different area for sure. <laughs> yeah. What's the running what like know? there? Is there good running?
2: Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. There's a lot of trails, a lot of bike paths, a lot of um, just a lot of outdoor places to get in general. So yeah. A lot of mountains? A lot of mountains. I'm in oh, yeah. a, a valley. So yeah, I'm in, a, okay. in the Matanuska to so sit in a valley. So it's, we're surrounded by mountains on three sides and ah. you can get up most of them. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. So Juneau is like right off the coast, but you have mountains right there. Right. So like how, how much are you able to climb? How much vertical can you get if you climb to one of these peaks?
2: Uh, here in Palmer, the highest ones are probably, um, six to 7,000 feet. They're uh-huh. not really tall. Um, most are in the, in the ranges around here are in the three to 4,000 range, three, okay. three to thousand four thousand feet range. Okay. Nice. So a lot of, a lot of 3000 foot climbs around here.
0: Okay. That's cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, so what got you into this crazy sport? How did this all start for you?
2: Oh my goodness. So, um, I apologize. I don't have a stand. Oh,
0: that's all right.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> uh, so I started running back in 2012. Um, and you know, it all started like with a 5k, I thought I'll yep. just do a 5 and I think my husband thought I was only going to do a 5k and that was going to be it and um unbeknownst to him I had already signed up for multiple multiple races oh really (laughs) yeah up through like half marathon distance and I'm like wow if I could do a half marathon that that's that's amazing and you know I'd heard of a couple of marathons out there at that point and that was it and um so I did, did my races. They were really hard for me, you know, being brand new. Mm-hmm. And then I, it just kind of progressed from there and, uh, you know, kind of worked my way up through the distances. And then in 2014, I decided, you know, I forget how, I think I found out about it through YouTube, you know, just looking at things on YouTube. Uh, I decided I'd heard of finally heard of ultra races, which was a totally foreign concept to me, and um, they looked amazing, (laughs) so I started looking at that, and then I signed up for my first ultras for 2015, Um, and I started that in August of 2015. I thought it'd be a great idea to do three in one month, so (laughs) yeah, it's like, well, it's only a couple miles longer than a marathon, you know, looking at 50Ks, and uh, I didn't quite realize that, I was really new to trails at that point too. So I didn't realize that, you know, five more miles on a trail is a lot more than, it it really is a lot more than five miles on a bike path or a road. So Mm -hmm. uh, that was kind of a rude awakening, but uh, (laughs) got them done. And uh, and then it kind of progressed again (laughs) and uh, worked my way up to hundreds. And um, then last summer, I decided, well, I want to do more than than that. I know there's longer. At that point, I'd already known for a couple of years, but I needed to get a few successful hundreds under my belt before I tried anything. So I did my first 135 um with the Denali 135 up here last summer. Okay. And, yeah. And then um of course I was already signed up for the 200s. and <laughs> other races. So I usually have about a year's worth of races planned out in advance. And wow kind of look at it as a, it's up to me to be ready to go for him and yeah. sometimes it works out and sometimes it
1: doesn't but yeah. yeah
0: so your story actually sounds similar to mine like that's how it started with me I think my first race was a 10k it was on roads and then it was you know yeah. a half marathon I remember training for my first half marathon like I was going to war like I was yeah. so huge you know and I didn't know how I was going to get it done and then yeah eventually the marathon and then eventually ultras too but um what was your first uh 50k race?
2: Uh it was the SOB, the Siskiyou outback uh oh. in Ashland, out- just outside the Ashland. Okay. Um yeah, 50K. And I remember race morning, the 50 milers started an hour or maybe two hours before us. And Um, I was so nervous. I was there like ridiculously early. And I remember this lady was like, man, you need to go get your stuff. If you're going to start like in 10 minutes, I was like, no, I'm I'm just, I'm only doing the (laughs) 50 (laughs) K you guys are crazy. You're doing 50 miles. You're insane. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh Did you ever think that you'd be running, you know, these 200 mile races at the, you know, when you first ran that 50 K you're looking at the 50 milers, like they're crazy. I mean, could you ever have imagined?
2: I think I wanted to, like, I knew I wanted to, but I, no, I didn't yeah. think I would actually be out there for that long. Yeah. I was still pretty, uh, still pretty fearful of the woods
1: <laughs> and
2: being out after dark and uh, things like that. So
0: even um, living in Alaska, you were still afraid of the dark and being outside in the mountains. Oh, that's
2: why I was afraid of being out in the dark. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because in Alaska, there's, there's big animals out there. Yes. And, uh you know, growing up up here, you have run-ins with them. And, um, you know, I still think the scariest animal out there is a, is a bull moose. So oh, big time. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I think deep down, I knew I wanted to, I I've always, you know, I've always wanted to, like, even as a kid, I, I was telling my friend about this the other day, um, we were out just walking yesterday and I was like, you know, I was in cross country in elementary school, but I was always the really a really slow kid who was crying because i didn't want it want it to hurt <laughs> <laughs> and we were on the trails that i was on as a kid and so um i mean i you know that was back when i was like 8 nine, ten years old so yeah, yeah i wanted to it's just kind of making that that leap to going okay i gotta make it happen one way or another
0: yeah yeah for sure um did you do any other sports growing up or was it just cross-country
2: um I did a little bit of track and um then kind of stopped doing that okay. right around middle school
1: okay. and then
2: um, but then i my my sister was a very competitive volleyball player, and um, so my family was pretty tuned into that the whole junior olympic slash olympic volleyball um, network. <laughs> And so I played, um, volleyball up through middle school and high school and traveled with our junior Olympic team up here. Uh Okay. And then my senior year, I just kind of was like, no, I'm, I'm done with all that. And I walked away from sports pretty much entirely Mm -hmm. at that point. So,
0: but it sounds like you've always had a love for running.
2: Yeah, I've tried. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. I wanted to, like, like you said, mentally, I was like in my head, I knew that was something I wanted to do for you know, 30 years. Um and I just could never quite make the leap that this is how you make it happen. Yeah. Um, I saw people who were really fast and you just seemed really fast. And um I didn't make the connection that not everybody's just starts fast Mm -hmm. and that it's okay to walk. That was the big thing. Like Mm -hmm. it's okay to walk. It's okay to walk run. It's okay to power hike. It's okay to do what you need to do to make it happen. So once I realized that, that was a big eye opener for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's like the best thing about ultra running. It's like, what? You can walk and you can eat junk food. I mean, who who can't do that? Right. You can stop and take pictures if you want. Totally. Yeah. You can stop and take a nap. Yeah. Um, Right. So how old were you in your adult life when you, uh, like started your first five Ks, 10 Ks, you said it was 2012.
2: Yeah. So I was 36 or 37. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, what, like 33
0: What brought you back to running? Were you just at a crossroads in your life and just needed something new, or what was it?
2: It was a bit of that. We, um, I had just recently moved back up to Alaska from my year of being gone, and, um, you know, I was with my new relationship with my husband, and, um, we just had, um, stuff going on outside of that that I just needed some sort of stress relief from mm. and um, so I was like you know what I'm gonna start I'm gonna start running mm. so <laughs> just why not and so of course I did the, the whole couch to 5k app uh, that uh is a, a great app if you're just starting yeah and, um yeah and just kind of went from there and then it kind of just took over life for a while. <laughs> Still pretty much taken over life.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I took a peek at your ultra sign up and it looks like you do um, races in Texas and Kansas. Like you're kind of all over the place. So um, yeah. wh- like what, why is that? Like what, I mean, they're cool races and everything, but like, why do you travel down and, and do those races in Texas? Like you did Bandera, Rocky Raccoon.
2: Yeah. Uh well I like traveling. Definitely okay. I'm a I, I love traveling. So oh. that's a big part of it. Some of them started out with, especially like Rocky Raccoon and Bandera. Um, I really um appreciate Tejas Trails and their events. They're just put on really well. Um, and some of them, and I'd heard of the names, like through my YouTube explorations,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: like, and in my mind they were like, mm-hmm. okay, these are um the uh the the races you need to do if you're in my mind it was like if you're a real ultra runner you go and do these races (laughs) now I know that okay yeah there's other races and you don't need to go to these you know quote unquote big name races but and then it started and then it was also um I I really like the as far as the the ones in Texas I really like the um just the settings in general it's very the desert and the hill country is really different than here um i knew that like running on rocks is something that was really hard for me and um so i knew that if i needed, if i was going to get any better at it i needed to actually do it and um you know those are all really rocky or rooty courses and um different different terrain than up here for sure
0: yeah no kidding And it's intimidating when you've never done them before. It's like these big, gnarly, rocky rooted courses. And it's like, yeah, how am I going to survive? Am I going to have to walk this whole thing? Right. Um, Was there fear in your mind at any point? Like, for instance, your first 100 miler, like how, like, what was your mind frame going into that? Was it just like, I can't wait for this adventure or was it, I don't know how the hell I'm going to do this thing.
2: (laughs) uh it it was definitely both um i honestly can't remember which first hundred attempt was (laughs) was really bad i i've had a lot of DNFs. i've had a lot of finishes but i've had a lot of DNFs also um so and i don't write them down like i know ultra sign up keeps some of them but then there's also just random ones that aren't listed on you know run sign up or any of the other sites so it's kind of like i don't remember which one it was i think my first hundred mile attempt was rocky raccoon
0: okay i think um and i'm looking at your ultra sign up right now and it looks like before that was the yeti 100 uh virtual challenge
2: oh yeah we we did that yeah uh, i did that yeah uh yeah no rocky raccoon was before that um Mm. Cause I went back and did Rocky Raccoon after that also actually okay. finished it, but no, the first Rocky Rectune I blistered up ridiculously really? Okay. and I, I dropped it like mile 39. Cause I, oh. I, I hadn't yet learned that if you blister up and you walk for 10 more minutes, the pain's going to go away.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: I was living in that. It hurts really bad now, Right, but you know, the blister pain does go away
1: after
2: yeah. minutes or so. so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's sort of a common misconception with, uh, you know, newbie ultra runners and you've seen, I'm sure you've seen it. I've seen it and people, you know, they're they're in a hundred mile race and they'll drop out at mile 30. And it's like, you, 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 you gave up too early, you know, like the magic didn't even happen yet. Like you can't quit before the miracle happens. You know, it's like, if you just keep on moving, it's going to get easier. And, um, you know, your legs, Well, see, okay. So I've never done a 200 and I've been saying for a long time that I'm, I've been signed up for a 200 this year. I had an injury. So next year I'm signed up for a couple, but, um, in a hundred mile distance, like your legs hurt at mile 60 or 70, but they don't really hurt any worse at a hundred. Right. How, what's that comparison? Like in a 200 mile race, is it about the same, or are you just completely destroyed at 200 miles?
2: (laughs) Well, this was my first one that I've actually made it to that. Okay. Okay. So like I, I attempted Bigfoot and, you know, I dropped again, way too early. um, At that one, I was really up against cutoffs there. And I just, Mm. I struggle with the mental part of it for sure. And, um, but no, my legs, they really, yeah, no, they weren't any more tired than they would be at say mile 50 or 60. Um, I was actually shocked that. I was able to actually do a little bit of running, um, towards the end, towards the end and some of the later segments, like, and it felt like I was early on in the race really. Um, yeah, I I think the longer you get, yeah, there's definitely physical and you don't know what your body's going to do exactly. Um, but a lot of it is just the, the, um, A lot of it's mental also for Mm -hmm. sure like you know things are gonna hurt and Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you can't do them
0: though totally
2: there's a and there's definite difference between injury and just you know i don't feel good yeah. So that difference is, is important.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're injured um, yeah, step yeah. off the course. I mean, yeah. DNF isn't going to kill you in that case, like, yeah. especially if you're yeah. risking long-term injury, but if you're not injured and you're just sore and tired um, yeah, I mean, for <laughs> sure. Keep going. Yeah. You, you said you struggled with the mental aspect of it. Like uh, what does that mean? And what does that struggle look like?
2: Oh, so just, just the whole, I, I want to be done
1: <laughs> and,
2: uh, and being out there and um, the the knowing that yeah I physically can do this like yeah I might be the last I might be might have might have three people behind me um, but there's no reason why I can't go on mm-hmm. but you know we're human our brains tend to snowball things and um, and make them into much bigger issues than they need to be. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm in just amazement at the people who are really fast and I'm like, how are they ignoring all of this discomfort? How are they pushing through this? So, I mean, wow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know my, my brain can be my, my own worst enemy for sure. Like (laughs) I can talk myself (laughs) into or out of all kinds of things that are, you know, not really going to, uh, not the best for me but um so okay so you sign up for moab 240 um why'd you pick moab well you dnf bigfoot last year so was this like a redemption race
2: well no i had originally signed up to do the triple the triple crown of 200 No
0: kidding okay
2: yeah overachiever yeah if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it right whoa so so, uh and i knew they were all really hard and they were all different but they they were all difficult races so I knew that um I did at Bigfoot I did not count on the heat Mm -hmm. (laughs) at all which um was probably my biggest biggest issue out there Mm -hmm. um and also just not knowing what to expect and climbing and I mean it's a it's a it's a brutal course it really is of course yeah yeah um so that was good I feel I I walked away from that. I took a nap. I was good to go. I actually got out of the car and at the aid station, because my husband was at that one and was ready to go. And I just looked at him and I said, I don't want to keep going. (laughs) It's Mm. like, I I don't want to do this. Mm. And uh, I I kicked myself right afterwards after I turned my tracker in. I was like, why did that? Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, I was mad at myself. And then Tahoe um, had to get canceled because of the fire. Mm -hmm. And I, I had, um, a, I was, I thought about doing the virtual option and I actually had a course planned out. I had a plan for that. And then I kind of did the same thing. I was like, do I really want to do this? (laughs) Um, so again, that mental part of no, I, I, no, I really don't want to do this by myself. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, 200 miles by yourself is ridiculous. I mean,
2: (laughs) yeah. And I I was staying home and it was going to be loops and I had a place to like stay and come sleep for like four hours at a time in between, in between my loops. And so I, I, I could have, I feel like I could have made it happen. Um, it probably would have been the full time for sure, but it could have happened. And then, um, and then Moab, uh, I wasn't entirely positive. I was going to be able to make it, um, with things at work. And, um, and then I was like, nope, I need to decide. I'm either, I either need to commit to this or just move on. So somebody from the wait list can get on, you know, or
1: wow.
2: something. So, um, so I decided I was going to come down for sure. Wow, but, Yeah. And you- I needed to finish it.
0: <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, what do you do for a living?
2: Uh, I'm an ICU nurse.
0: Oh, no kidding. So yeah. do you work a lot of hours?
2: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I do. And, uh, that's part of why I ended up skipping out on Tahoe is, uh, things were of course really picking up right about then. And, um, you know, I was like, well, I need money to sign up for races. (laughs) Right. I guess I'm working extra this
0: week. So what does like a typical week look like for you? Um, I'm guessing you're on your feet a lot, you're working a lot. And how do you fit in running? Is it little runs here and there or just bigger runs on your couple of days off or how does, what does it look like?
2: Um, it is, I wish I had a really consistent plan. I don't, unfortunately, cause, um, you know, some days after I have big plans for after work and I'm just exhausted when I get home. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's got the window really quick. Um, I would say I kind of looked at the weekly average more than anything. And in a perfect world, I would be getting 60 to 70 miles a week. Um, You know, my low, my low that I shoot for on those weeks when I'm really tired is like 40 miles. So, you know, 60 to 80 is ideal, but unfortunately it doesn't always happen.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, we do what we can. And when you're working a full-time job, it's, it's tough. Believe me, I know all about it. So are you working like 12 hour days, 15 hour days? Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: they're well, it comes out to about 13 or so so.
0: day shift, night shift, night shift. No kidding. I see you. That's gotta be, I'm sure you got some stories to tell.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Was it pretty crazy with, uh, COVID in your neck of the woods or what was it like?
2: Um, yeah it has been and Mm. it's um unfortunately our area is getting hit pretty hard right now also Mm. so um yeah i haven't been to work in a couple of weeks Mm. i know they've i've gotten a few messages looking for for assistance and i either haven't been in town or i've been Mm. too physically tired to go in yet so i don't have to go back until next week
0: (laughs) nice well you planned well and yeah. of course I want to get into Moab, but just looking at your Instagram, it looks like you have been running since Moab. And it wasn't that long ago. So you must be feeling yeah. okay. Legs must be yeah. recovering.
2: Yeah, I um, you know, I actually I came out injury free, which was one, I finished. That was the first goal. Two was injury free. I came out injury free. Um, I did have a couple little flare-ups of some minor issues that I'm working through, but nothing big. Um, My biggest thing has been my legs are just tired still. And I'm just physically, (laughs) I'm still really physically tired. So um, like, I think I went to sleep at about 7.30 last night. I woke up at 6.45 or something this morning. So, I mean, a lot of sleep. You earned it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I went out just for really short things and um, some hill climbing and, you know, nothing that I had to go fast on at yeah. all.
1: Nice, yeah. good for Tomorrow
2: you. Tomorrow long run for sure, um, but okay. it's it's relatively flat. But it's going to be a fifty two k.
0: Fifty two k already? No kidding.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of walking.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's uh, all right.
2: I'm going to push myself to run when I can, and um, I'm hoping I'll surprise myself with that. But um,
0: is this a yeah. race or just something you're doing on your own?
2: Um, It's a virtual event that I like to do whenever year round um, at one of the local, well, there's a lot, it's an anchorage and there's a lot of trails, um, but it kind of popped up and um, a lot of friends are doing it. And so I thought, well, I need to, I need to get out there and do something and
0: (laughs) (laughs) going a little stir crazy already. Really? (laughs) Um, so like, what do you get out of running nowadays? Like you're running these really long distances and just a couple of weeks after Moab 240, which I'm pretty, pretty sure it was the biggest event of your life. You're running another 50 some odd K. So like, is it like, a um, a stress reliever or, um, is it like some sort of mental relief or, um, like what, what, what do you get out of it nowadays?
2: I just really like getting outside. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not always a fan of the cold. I'm not always a fan of the dark, but if I'm out there, I know I'm gonna feel much lighter after mm-hmm. I do it. Lot, um just more more energized. Yeah. Than if I had just stayed home or cleaned or done laundry or just watched TV. So for sure. Uh, it's it's a good way to some time for sure. And you know, I've got some mileage goals and things like that. So cool. Cool. Lots of of mini goals.
0: Yeah. Good for you. I mean, that's what, that's what you need. That's what you need to keep it going. So good on you. Okay. So, um, we're up to Moab. So, um, you'd signed up for the triple crown, which is crazy and (laughs) it wasn't going exactly the way you wanted. Um, so (laughs) like, how were you feeling when you were walking up to the starting line of Moab Two Forty?
1: You know, I was actually
2: really, I mean, I was nervous. I always get a little nervous before, but I felt like I had a pretty good plan going into it and it was nothing wild and crazy speed wise or even really like effort wise other than, yeah, it's a lot of miles. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was actually just, I was really excited just to be there and it was happening and um, fairly, fairly relaxed going into it. so, yeah, I mean, I had done my YouTube reconnaissance. So, I right. have <laughs> kind of an idea of what to expect. And okay. you know, you can look at the maps so many times and the course pro- profiles so many times. And I, I knew there were going to be surprises in there, kind of no matter what I did to prepare for it.
1: So.
0: Yeah. So did you like, what was your game plan going into this? <clears throat> was it, you know, some people run for 20 hours and then sleep for four hours or, you know, everybody has a different plan. What what did yours look like?
2: Well, mine was, I just really wanted to average like three miles an hour. That was okay. really kind of the main goal. Um, I knew from other races that I was generally, um, <laughs> just from life in general, I was usually okay with being up. For a long period of time before resting so um like I didn't plan my first really big sleep and rest for um until like the halfway point which
1: I know
2: I can revise that from now on (laughs) but uh I mean and I had to modify that that became clear pretty quickly that that wasn't going to be a great plan um so I mean I I had a, a roughed in game plan with where I was going to sleep and take a little longer breaks and, and that type of thing. That part didn't, I ended up deviating from that quite a bit, which, you know, down the road, the, those minutes add up over course four to five days, quickly. Yeah. Uh,
0: so when did you I, go I, down? I
2: had a good plan.
0: Okay. So when did you go down for your first nap?
2: Um, let me pick up my little paper here. Um, so originally, yeah, originally it was going to be like a four hour break at Shea Mountain, which, you know, is mile 121 or so. Um, but once I came off of, um, up into the Bridger Jackade station, so that's like mile 102, 103. Um, I got up there and it was, uh, there was this, like a little mini storm coming through in there right then. It was really windy and really cold. And then um, it had just been a rough section getting up there i laid down there for a while i think i was there for a little over an hour or so um i did close my eyes and i probably slept for about maybe 20 minutes total yeah um but just getting off my feet and sitting was and and closing my eyes made a huge difference yeah
0: yeah yeah um Okay. And like, how's your body feeling at this point? I mean, you're sort of adjusting your plan already. So I'm guessing you must've felt a little bit fatigued and you took a nap. You said you felt a little bit better, but are you still fighting the mental game or, I mean, obviously you kept moving.
2: Yeah, I was, I mean, I was good. I really wasn't having a lot of, um, you know, I wasn't really seeing things at that point. I mean, I, I was, I think everybody kind of started or a lot of people kind of started the very first night like mm. seeing things that weren't necessarily <laughs> out there right uh, but I, I knew I was like yeah I know I know that road is really not there and there aren't cars following us and <laughs> the, the CIA is not following me <laughs> so um, it was it was pretty manageable at that point Um physically I mean um I was okay I did something that was new for me um physically was I got a little bit of a piriformis syndrome uh flared up um and my sciatic nerve and um so that was that was new and i was kind of dealing with that and it made it hard to rest When i did try to rest um but it wasn't like severe at all yeah uh just just tired tired was the biggest thing and um like it's really easy to downplay how much that's gonna affect you in a race and Mm. I, I was really tired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Understandably so. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I got up to shape or to Bridger Jack. Um oh gosh, I forget what time, but it was it was late at night, nine or so at night on the second day. So okay. yeah.
0: Was your husband out there crewing or pacing?
2: No, he wasn't able to come to this one at all. So mm. I actually um, didn't have a crew or pacers with me. What? No way. Yeah, I did have one. I did have one pacer lined up, but then he got in off the wait list, which was awesome. I was really happy for him. Um, and I actually met him out there, and we ran several miles together. And you know, um, I saw him at a lot of the aid stations. Wow. Uh, but so I ended up. I, I, I had been watching the wait list because I knew he was on the wait list, and mm. then I saw him disappear off the wait list. Uh. <laughs> So I, I knew he'd gotten in. So like, okay, well, I'm doing this by myself. Wow. Um, yeah. But I mean, there's people out there that you, um, you kind of are around pretty frequently.
1: Um, mm.
2: and you know, especially when you're kind of towards the back of the pack.
0: Yeah. But you know, they're out there running and racing too. You know, it's not like they can yeah. remind you when to eat or when to right. drink or when yeah. it's time to take a nap. That's it, it, just yeah. so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you feel that. I mean, like going oh, yeah. into this knowing you had no crew, no pacers, you're all here by yourself. Like that just seems like another added element that is. Yeah. Let's make it crazier.
2: It, it was. I had my little my little paper. Okay. That <laughs> was kind of, kind of you know I had my little notes of what I needed to do at each place, and I hoped I remembered to read my little notes and do what I needed to do. Yeah. so had okay. to be a little flexible <laughs> for sure yeah
0: um when did it start getting ugly for you or did i mean maybe it didn't but i'm guessing it did
2: yeah so probably <clears throat> around the last several miles going up into the shea mountain aid station um there is a section that i hadn't heard anything about i'd seen it on the course profile but didn't pay it too much of attention that there's um this big climb that, um, before a little, a drop and I I didn't pay too much attention to it, but when you come to it, it's just like this never ending climb. And I don't know how many feet it is total. It's probably 1500 feet, a thousand to 1500 feet, but it's like over a mile and a half or so. Mm -hmm. And it's really rocky. Like you're kind of climbing through a boulder field. And so I hit that and I wasn't, um, prepared. <laughs> I wasn't in the right state of mind for a climb mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I kept having to stop. And, um, another lady, I mean, we're kind of in that same area and I, I didn't catch which runner that was, but we were both kind of struggling there. And, uh, you know, then it's nice you come off of that and you got a lifelong nice downhill on the road, mm-hmm. but then you have another climb up into Shea mountain into the aid station. And uh, it just it seems to go on for forever. So I got there. I was still only about four hours behind my original plan at that point. Like I planned on getting to Shea Mountain at like four a.m. and I got there a little after eight. I think eight eight thirty. So I really wasn't that far behind. And that's where I had the big long rest planned. Um, I did sleep for probably just over an hour there, and then was able to change and get ready. And I mean, I took my time at that aid station. I still spent um, because I felt like I needed to physically just rest for a bit. I spent the time I had allotted Yeah, and I I probably should have shortened it by an hour or so. And, Mm. but yeah, that's kind of where I was really tired. It was great. The next day it was like nice day the next morning Mm. and getting out of there was good and um, getting into dry Valley was Mm -hmm. the next aid station and you know all all these sections the last two or three miles like just seem to go on forever forever yeah (laughs) yeah you have your math and you're like okay i know it's right up here but it's like these are the longest three miles ever (laughs) and yeah that one was was pretty pretty dang long um and then i was excited because i was like wow the next two sections are only like a half marathon each and they're on road but um by that point I was really tired and um because you could go a little faster I could go a little faster um it was almost like um like you're hypnotizing yourself because Mm. there was a lot of variation in the road it was just you know road um and so and I was tired and I like ended up walking off the road like four times (laughs) and (laughs) Um, I was afraid to take a dirt nap at that point because I, um, it was night and I didn't, I'm used to like big animals and I can see them and hear them, but desert creatures I'm not real familiar with. Sure. (laughs) Oh, I I didn't want to like get on the ground and have spiders or scorpions or rodents or I didn't, I didn't know. And I wasn't thinking, I mean, I was still thinking, okay, but. I didn't know what would happen if I actually got on the ground. Okay. I should have laid down for like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Then um, when I got to the wind whistle aid station, I, I had my in-reach on me
1: because, mm.
2: you know, cell service was super spotty out there and I wanted to be able to get hold of um, people or, or the race if something happened. And I was at wind whistle and under blankets and trying to sleep again and I texted my husband and I was like I think I have pneumonia
0: oh no
1: (laughs)
2: yeah because you know a lot of us got like that little desert cough from the the sand and it was cold and I'm like I can't tell if I have a fever I don't know if I'm sick I don't know but I think I was just waiting for him to say you know you don't have to go on but he did (laughs)
1: not good
2: (laughs) yeah so I ended up getting up and um and going on after a bit Mm -hmm. Um, and then um that's kind of the section where i was for about two three hours after that i just kept telling myself it's going to be better when it gets light Mm because it was middle of the night Mm -hmm. and um i was like it's it's going to get better it's going to get better (laughs) yeah it'll be better when it's light out so yeah
0: Yeah. and it was never quit at night you know always at least wait for the sunrise and then you know think about it then and yeah it almost always gets better Yeah. So are you hallucinating at this point? Are you throwing up or anything crazy like that?
2: Um, I, my stomach had been acting up for, oh, like a day at that point. Just like I, I was just kind of dry heaving and not real hungry at that point, but I I was still keeping some stuff down. Probably. I know I wasn't eating nearly as much as I should be. Um, I was still kind of My biggest thing is I was seeing vehicles out there and roads out there that I knew didn't exist, but I I knew they didn't exist. So it was fine. Um, And I wasn't like, I knew I hadn't been on those trails or in that, that area at that point. Um, So there was no like, oh yeah, I've been here before. (laughs) So, yeah. I did. Do, do remember asking somebody like hey is there are those like actual cars over there across the rim <laughs> and they were at that at that point they were they were real real vehicles okay. so I better doing that um, I, nobody knew what these things were but there was like a parking lot or something over there we don't know yeah. what it was
0: yeah 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 yeah, it's weird how you see just all sorts of weird things at night. <clears throat> I had a buddy that was out there at Moab this year, and he ended up dropping out. But he uh, he said, yeah, when I saw Edward Scissor's hands, I decided to call it quits.
2: <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of these weird white rocks out there um, mm-hmm. that looked like they were painted. And other people commented on, too. I think it's just the you know the geology of these rocks. But your mind could really bend them into just about anything that they wanted to i heard a lot of people were seeing things on these rocks and a couple times i thought i did too and uh yeah so i was i was okay up until you know through through like night three night four is when it really started turning for me mentally and the the fatigue
0: okay okay yeah um what was your best hallucination out there was that pretty much it
2: the, the best hallucination?
0: Yeah. I'm always oh, curious with what people see. for <laughs> I, I don't know why, but.
2: Yeah. Well, I saw, you know, of course, the roads and the vehicles. I saw um, the weirdest ones I saw started um, in this after I left Pole Canyon because um, we knew the storm was coming in. So mm-hmm. we left to get out down as low as possible before before the storm came in and that was before before sundown but then like i i remember like as the sun was going down i'm like oh no it's getting ready to start again mm-hmm. <laughs> this is it's it's going to start and it's going to start <laughs> really significantly tonight like i could just tell it was not going to be good um but uh, so it was like the alternate snow route which was pretty rugged in my opinion um uh at one point i saw The creepiest one I saw was somebody with like half a face holding a cell phone in the air and then he was like floating out of the bushes holding the cell phone it was bizarre and then I had had to sit down by this that night I started I started throwing up my stomach was not good and I remember I'd sat down after once and was just sitting there and I looked and probably 20 30 feet down the trail because it was on a climb I thought I saw somebody standing sideways with his headlamp and like at the tree line and then I kind of looked and it was watching and it looked like he was backing into the trees so I thought I was getting followed by somebody (laughs) that one was really actually really scary that one was enough for me to get up and like take off because it was scary (laughs) but um and then of course when I came down onto a uh, Pack Creek road, it's, I kept seeing on the map that we were coming onto a road. So I was thinking, great, you know, gravel road, paved road, a road of some sort. It's going to be easy to, to run, to, build, to you know pick up some time. But it was like, it's like riverbed. <laughs>
1: mm.
2: It was really uneven. And then I thought, wait a minute, maybe I'm the only one that's getting this. Maybe other people like their reality, maybe it's not like this. Maybe they're on pavement. So, and I didn't see what was wrong with why I was thinking that. Like, <laughs> like, we each had our own reality of what the road really was for us out there. Wow. So, yeah, it was. And then very shortly after that is when I, like, had no clue where I was. I had the Gaia app open, you know, which had the whole course on it and mm. was really Incredibly helpful throughout the race, and I had it, and I was looking at the map, and I was following it, and I was following the arrow, and but like what I was seeing on the app was not what I was seeing at all. Really? So, yeah. So then I got really confused, and because what I was seeing wasn't, you know, it wasn't matching up. Um, and then the rain started. It was like the, the start of the storm, kind of coming in. So. Mm. It's when I crawled into my bag and just laid there. I had really bizarre, bizarre, bizarre dreams. And I remember, um, well, I didn't know who it was at the time, but, and I didn't know how long I'd been there. Um, Somebody came up and I heard him say, Hey, do you know how far it is to the next walk to the water station? and I just remember going I don't know too far we're all gonna die out here
0: <laughs> oh no <laughs>
2: it's, it's a long way I just it's a long long way and I found out later I was only like a mile from this water station. oh really <laughs> oh so, yeah yeah and then I heard a car and um it was uh Phil Clark was coming along and he kind of like was safety patrolling at that point and um He's like, okay, well, it's, and it was 4.30 in the morning and he's like, it's 4.30, you got six hours to go seven miles or eight miles or whatever it was to the next aid station. Cause I was ready to drop at that point. Just, but then I was like, wait, wait. And I meant kind of mentally came to, and I was like, mm. okay, I can do that. Mm. I didn't realize, I, and I knew it was sleeping and snowy and stormy, but <laughs> I'm glad I didn't quite know how sleepy and stormy, stormy it was. Yeah, up there. <laughs> no kidding. It, it was crazy. <laughs>
0: So you laid down in your bag before the storm?
2: Right, as it was starting. As it was
0: starting, okay. Was it just like on the side of the trail or was it at an aid station?
2: No, it was just on the side of the road.
0: Okay, and you caught a little nap there?
2: Yeah, 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 there was a uh, water-only aid station about a mile away. Okay, okay. Um, I wish I would gotten to that, but I, like I said, I thought I was still like seven or eight miles away from it.
0: It's a long, long (laughs) way. I I had no
2: idea where I was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, and then, so tell me about the storm. I mean, um, we all heard about what happened like on the other side of the mountain with all the ultra marathon runners that got rescued from that other race, but what, yeah, what was it like for you? Um, and from what I understand, the people who were further back in the race experienced the brunt of the storm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I've watched some of the videos from some of the front people and they were like, Oh, it's fine. You know, (laughs) um, but we knew that it was going to hit on Tuesday. Um, Mm -hmm. so uh, I had thought I was going to be well past it by then, but I had fallen behind where I, my pace. So it's like, okay, well, here I am. So I had all, all my gear on and um, it was a climb. Like the whole thing was up uphill, but it was on paved road. So um, that was good. It was super slushy, super snowy, mm. very wet and windy. Um, but, you know, you just put your head down and kept going. So
0: how long did it storm?
2: Uh, I don't know exactly. I think it started about three, two thirty or three, with just the rain, and then by the time I got to the um, Horse Creek aid station, which was kind of up in the summit area, um, it was still going on, and it was daylight, so yeah. I don't, I don't know for so sure what
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah it was it was all night and then as i was leaving um horse creek it was the sun was coming out and it was it was starting to melt and mm, okay. it was a, at least a good eight hour storm wow. it was really, and it was really cold up at horse creek
0: <laughs> yeah i was going to ask like did, do you feel like you had the right gear or it, looking back would you change anything or carry anything extra or different
1: yeah
2: no, I, I had the right gear okay. uh I mean, the stuff I had, I had on multiple layers of clothes, like the last day of the day, day and a half of the race, I wore everything I had um, with, I put the poncho on at, when I started out up to horse Creek, that was the only thing I added. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I had on shorts, I had on fleece pants, I had on my waterproof pants, and then I had on a short sleeve, I had on a long sleeve, I had on my raincoat I had on a winter coat I mean I had like three layers on the top and on the bottom and four on the top okay I do wish I had had an extra pair of gloves in my drop bag up there or just in my bag which I didn't because they got pretty wet
1: Got wet. Uh, yeah
2: but I had um and maybe um you know I I had extra socks and stuff in my bag but they would have been soaked immediately so I didn't bother to to change them there i waited yeah. until i got to that porcupine rim to that final aid station
0: okay yeah what kind of shape were your feet in at this point
2: not not horrible okay. uh not you great. said that you have
0: struggled with blisters in the past like do you have any secrets yeah. there or what do you normally do
2: well i what i did for this race what i learned after bigfoot um i just learned about tape at bigfoot mm-hmm. which I mean, I thought I had explored every option because I do blister. Like Mm I, I yet to find anything that works for me consistently. Um, so I pre-taped before the race, uh, like every toe and then my heels and, um, like the ball of my foot. So I had a lot of tape on my feet that I had done. We redid a couple of them at, um, one of the aid stations. I can't remember which one. Um, we we did a couple of them um and then um when I came into porcupine room we redid everything
1: okay um,
2: because it was so muddy going into there it was almost like you were skiing because the mud was like like inches thick and mm. it was easier to just kind of glide along it than try to actually lift your feet at that point and it mm. was and it, everything was just wet and dirty and pretty gross by then yeah Yeah. Yeah. So I did get some blisters, um, earlier on, um, kind of at the like 80 to hundred mile, my heels, I got blisters on both my, like the undersides of my heels. Um, and I'd had to stop and deal with those. Um, and those were kind of the biggest, the biggest issues, but they weren't any bigger. They just, they were sore. Mm. So, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, nothing horrible at all.
0: Nothing debilitating. That's good. Yeah.
2: No. And then on all those, like, my little toes got the front of it and then my heels. But, again, it was, like, after 10 minutes of running, like, the really severe pain, you know, goes away. You're you're aware that they're there, but they don't hurt anymore. They're just physically there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, Were you at any point fighting the cutoffs? It sounded like... um, uh, you had, uh, what was it? Six or seven hours or what, what did you say? Six or seven hours to make it six miles at one point. So yeah, it sounds no, like I, you were ahead of the cutoffs there. Yeah,
2: I was, I was, um, I was actually pretty well ahead of them until, um, the very end. Um, so like leaving pole Canyon, um, the cutoff there was like 10 PM. I think we left at six 30 and that was kind of the closest I was. Um, and then horse creek they moved that to 10 30 a.m and i got there i don't know 8 a.m so it was a little nice. closer yeah but yeah the last couple ones got closer um and then porcupine rim the cutoff was 4 30 and i got there 1 30 or 2 so i mean i had several hours um when i got to porcupine rim i mean i I can only imagine what I looked like. I knew I had absolutely no energy left. And um, I was, I was pretty struggling physically and mentally at that point. And I just, and the cow, there was a cow that was following me. <laughs> I, kept, I kept hearing it. And so I was afraid I was going to get, I was like, I can't have this in getting, you know, stomped by a cow. <laughs> so, I, uh, I just came into the aid station and I was like, I just. I had, got grabbed my drop bag. I had fresh everything in there. And I was just like, I would normally do my own feet, but I am too tired to like deal with my own feet right now.
1: Yeah.
2: So, um, I asked them to do my feet for me Okay. <laughs> and I just laid down on the cot and covered up and, um, ate a hot dog and was drinking coffee while they were working on my feet. We were switching everything out. And there were a lot of people there. There were probably 10 to 15 runners there. Mm. And um, then I got another blanket because it was kind of cold, and I fell asleep because mm. <laughs> I was exhausted. Um, and then they woke me up at like about two twenty. Well, no, it was later than that, three twenty or so, um, maybe later. I don't even remember, um, but I do remember we got out of there. The last four or five of us got out of there about 20, it was like 22 minutes before the aid station closed. So, okay. Yeah. I had slept for quite a bit and which I needed because I was mm-hmm. just exhausted and I don't even remember falling asleep. I just remember putting the blanket over me and then waking up, then waking me up that I needed to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
0: How much sleep do you think you got total throughout this four and a half days
2: at the most three and a half. Whoa. and there was yeah and there was there was a bunch of laying down and just closing my eyes but not falling asleep so actual sleep sleep it was probably about half of that wow Um, yeah yeah I remember it um it was at wind whistle they were like I woke up and or I got up and they were like yeah we weren't sure what exactly to do because you were like crying out in your sleep oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, hip had been, my hip was really bothering me mm-hmm. and so I was like yeah I know I was trying to keep it down <laughs> but and my my hips hurting and oh. um so like I know that I slept for maybe five to ten minutes there but I was laying down for 45 or so okay. so yeah. I don't know how sleep 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 I actually got sure so
0: yeah. So when you, when you made it to porcupine, did you feel like you were going to make it to the finish or were you still yeah, skeptical? Uh,
2: yeah. Okay. No, I knew I was going to make it like this whole time. I actually, I mean, I'd had a couple little thoughts of, wow, it'd feel really good to just like be done and, and not continue. But, um, I never seriously even thought about dropping Great. this one. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of the first race I've had where I've been like, it's, it's going to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, at Porcupine, I was like, no, i have still got, you know, like six or seven hours or however long it was to get to the finish line. Um,
0: and how many miles but, are left from there?
2: Uh, just a, a 18. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, And it was really bizarre. That's where I started. Um, I mean, their hallucinations but not really like I became convinced that I'd been on those trails before and I'd Mm. had races on those trails before but what was really what was really spooky was that I like was actually like could visualize what was ahead of me on the trail and like knew where the best places to go down were and like I was thinking back to the races I'd had on these trails and Whoa. like I knew the trail names before I got to them where, where they transitioned so my brain was doing this weird like fast forward rewind thing it was it was incredibly bizarre now even I, when I got home I told or when I called my husband later that night I was like yeah yeah did you know that we've been camping on porcupine rim before <laughs> like yeah I had no idea we'd been out there before either and wow. we, you know never been on these trails before but I was like yeah that's exactly where we camped and uh, if I go up that trail's too steep I gotta go down and um uh, Matthew that Murray who was with me with his pacer I mean I was either really really convincing talking to his pacer or she thought I was out of my mind I don't know <laughs> which one but yeah the last five miles like well more than that but I was like I've been on these trails before. I know where I'm going. Wow! <laughs> and, I, and I didn't. So. That's
0: that's scary.
2: It, it was, I was going the right way. And, uh, you know, I knew where I, I was going, but it was, it was incredibly spooky looking back, thinking that like one section I'm like, yeah, I've had two races on here. I know where I'm going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've heard other people talk about that. I heard Courtney DeWalter talk about it once. And I had Mike McKnight on the podcast and he was talking about that. Like when you're so tired, you're hallucinating that. Yeah. You're convinced that you've been here before. And so it sounds like that's sort of common. What do you think that is just complete exhaustion or like, I don't some slip in the matrix.
2: (laughs) Well, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. (laughs) But I told my friend about it. That's what she's like. Wow. That was, that was a matrix thing. (laughs) Um, uh, I think it's probably a protective brain, protective tactic that you don't even know that you're doing wow. like where you just can't like be in the reality of it. So hmm. your, your brain's just making up whatever it wants to get you through it. Wow. But I swear I have been on those trails before.
0: Yeah. That's crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah. If you asked me which races they were, I couldn't have told you, I, mean, <laughs> I had a name, but, um, Even now, I'm like, I know, I know that that was all false, but even I'm like, well, was it really (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that I'm just not forgetting like an entire year?
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Wow. That's bizarre. I haven't experienced that one yet, but it kind of freaks me out. Um,
2: It was a new one for me
0: too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At what point in that last section, did you realize that you're up against the final time cutoff and you're really going to have to hustle?
2: oh gosh, not even until about an hour beforehand. So I remember looking at my watch, it was like 917. And um, again, Matthew, his pacer was like, Oh, man, I hope we you know, he's like, we got to get down there. Because, you know, I don't know how it's gonna go. If we don't get down there, it's mm-hmm. gonna be really bad. And I was like, Oh, it's 917. We have plenty of time. You at Where you're at, you could see the road, like you could see cars. I could see cars, I'm pretty sure that it was the road, because <laughs> it followed along. And I was like, yeah, the parking lot, you know, the parking area is just down there. I've been up here before. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, you know, I hung out here in high school. I, I went to high school. In I was like, it's not far. It's, it's fine. And so, but then it, like, cuts into a canyon a little bit, and it gets really a little more technical right there, about a half mile to mile after that. Um, so that was like, yeah, like 920. And then about 945, I looked at my watch and I was like, okay, well, this is getting a little concerning (laughs) because I don't know where this trail is ending. And I I looked at the, at the app and I saw, I could tell where it would transition to the bike path. I was like, okay, well, this is a little more concerning. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, I still have an hour and 15 minutes and I didn't think I could run at that point. So I'm like, even if I power walked the last three miles, I can do that. Mm -hmm. And then it got to be 10 and I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) I'm close, but I'm still not on this bike path, you know, this rumored bike path up here. Mm -hmm. And, um, so then I got down there, um, just under 10 minutes later, it was like 10 seven when I got to the bike path.
1: Okay.
2: And, um, and I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I can't just walk this because it's three miles. And even walking fast, this far into it, I'm doing 20-minute miles. So, that, yeah, I'm not going to make it. And I, and I kind of knew that coming into coming down off the hill. I was like, I'm gonna have, I am going to have to run. There's going to have to be running of some sort in here, even if it's slow. And
0: so. Were you by yourself at this point?
2: Uh, I thought I was. I think they were right behind me. like not very far at all Um, I was no I was ahead of Matthew and his pacer and the sweepers um at that point and so I started kind of run walking and then there aren't you can't see the mileposts from the um from the bike path down there and all you can see are like the sheer rock walls Hmm. you know in the dark so I knew they were there Um, and I was still having that weird, oh, I've been here before. Like I knew where the goose, goose, uh, binge or goose, whatever it is called campground was like, it was all, it was, it was super bizarre. So when I got there, like, I was like, okay, well, I think I'm about halfway, but then I saw lights behind me and, um, which I'm pretty sure was Matthew and his face or, or it was, um, but I thought it was a four wheeler. And I was like, oh, they're going to offer me a ride and I'm going to have to say no because I'll get disqualified. (laughs) And then I was convinced that it was David Goggins was out there behind me (laughs) and he was going to run me in. And it it was it was bizarre. And then I could see um, kind of the lights from Moab um, lighting up the edge of where that rock wall is um, by the Lions Park there. So I knew that you know it was coming up close and then I could start hearing people like right after that because you could hear people you know (laughs) a ways away people were yelling for sure
0: yeah yeah. but you're looking at your watch and you're like right up against it um so what was like that final mile like was it just all stress and am I gonna make it am I gonna make it or were you just like yeah what was it like
2: it was pretty stressful I ended up I still wanted to walk. (laughs) I kept like, I was running, but I like couldn't do more than a minute at a time. And then I'd have to slow down and walk like for three or four seconds and then start up again. And it was, you know, a slow, (laughs) a slow, I don't even know if I'd call it run at that point, but, and then I ended up with a couple of people running with me. Um, and, um, they were really pushing me to run and I kept trying to tend to walk and uh, it was all pretty intense. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty intense. And I was convinced and I kept looking at my watch. I'm like, no, I've got like two extra minutes. I can slow down. And it's like, no, you can't really. Wow. Um, And then I knew that there was like a small uphill, um, tiny uphill really after you go under the bridge towards the, the finish line, and um, I was like dreading that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. After all that, that was the, the hill I dreaded the most, was this yeah, little, right? Five foot <laughs> <book little> climb, <laughs>
0: baby at the end, yeah. So, was it pretty much a sprint into the finish line? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I mean. I don't think I was sprinting at that point. Well, <laughs> yeah, it I mean, felt like a sprint.
0: yeah, for sure. It feels like it. Yeah. Even if you're yeah. going 18 minute miles, it feels like you're sprinting. You're going as fast as you yeah. can.
2: Yeah. And I just kind of knew that. I mean, I knew where the start or the finish line was because, mm-hmm. you know, it's where we had started, but, um, yeah, after being in the dark for that long, there's a lot of lights and everything was just kind of a big blur. So I just mm-hmm. kind of went the general direction. I knew I was supposed to go, <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of followed that in yeah
0: and you did it you made it across the finish line with two (laughs) seconds to spare uh the closest anyone's ever been to the final (laughs) cutoff time like (laughs) (laughs) I mean congratulations because it's a huge huge accomplishment but like what was that finish like I mean I'm getting I'm guessing like most other races, people come out to see the last few people that are finishing and to see if anybody's going to be right up against the cutoff time and cheer for them. Was it pretty insane? Just pandemonium people everywhere. There
2: was a lot of people there. I mean, I couldn't quite tell how many were there, but I know there were a lot of people there. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I know, I mean like the whole little shoot on that final turn, I think there were people all the way. So I, I don't know how many were there, but I'm guessing at least 50 people, which, wow. you know, for 11 p.m. in Moab is,
1: ah, yeah, no is kidding.
2: impressive. And a lot of them had already had finished running and mm-hmm. were you know, tired themselves. So yeah. that was um, impressive. Yeah. Um, they were a very rowdy bunch, which was really cool. And then you know, I found out later that uh, I think a lot of people had shown up because they knew there were a lot of us out there that were going to be finishing in the last hour um to you know two hours and under to yeah. go so um there was a lot of tracker refreshing going on
0: mm, for sure
2: um you know a lot of people thought i was not gonna make it because yeah. it was so close right. and there was a bit of, of lag on those trackers so sure yeah i think that uh added to the excitement like the you're gonna make it or not <laughs>
0: oh my gosh so. Yeah. It's just so close. It's, it's yeah. Your finishing time was one 12 with two seconds to spare. That's just incredible. Um, yeah. So you crossed the finish line. What'd you do to celebrate? Go to sleep, eat a good meal, drink a beer. What'd you do?
1: Well, my
2: original, my plans that I had had were out the window. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it was so late, um okay. no I just they they were making everybody pizza at the end, so I just sat by the fire with a couple of people who had run running in and a couple of the volunteers, and ate had a little bit of my pizza, and uh just relaxed more than anything um which you know, I was still kind of like out there, like
1: yeah,
2: it hadn't quite <laughs> registered that I was done yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I knew i wasn't at an aid station but i it hadn't quite clicked that i didn't need to keep up get up and keep going
1: mm-hmm. so mm-hmm.
2: i mean then i had to get to my head <laughs> i had to call my hotel to make sure they hadn't given my reservation away. Uh, okay
1: so,
2: <laughs> that's like probably the first thing i did <laughs> make <laughs> sure i had a that night uh, and uh, and then i was like trying to figure out how i was going to get to my car which was parked down at the archway Inn, which is you know
0: hmm.
2: down the road Um I thought I was gonna have to go back up on the road and walk down, but um a couple amazing volunteers, um Amy and Karen, um actually drove we drove, got in Amy's car and then Karen drove my car to the my hotel and they like stayed with me till I got to my hotel.
1: (laughs)
0: Nice, nice.
2: So I was like, no, I'm okay to drive. They're like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's only like three miles. Yeah.
0: And then you get in your car and you're like, I've been here before.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I was really glad I did not drive. It wouldn't have been a good, good move on my part. No kidding.
0: Okay. So you get to your hotel, eventually you get to sleep. Yeah. When you wake up, (laughs) what's the first thing that pops into your head?
2: Uh, just that I was happy to be in a soft bed. (laughs) 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 like yeah yeah mm. and then and that I had showered the night before yes <laughs> so yeah. I didn't have to really rush and then um I had to go get my drop bags mm. um so I had to I was hungry I was I was yeah, really hungry I and I didn't have like all my leftover snacks from my drop bags because they were mm. still down there Yep. Um. so yeah and then I had slept through when the the hotel breakfast was
0: hey, of course I, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah so
2: It was a go get my drop bags. And then I think I hit Denny's.
0: There you go. Nice. (laughs)
2: And I got caught up on everything that was going on because it was, of course, like social media had exploded by then. I'm sure. And I'm like, I I don't know who all these people are all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) Like suddenly I'm like got my 15 minutes going on. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, you earned it. Um, Yeah. Just incredible. Incredible. Um, is there, does it feel just a little bit better that you did this whole thing by yourself with no crew and no pacers?
2: I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Hell yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it probably would have gone, I know it would have gone smoother if I had had, um, a crew and, and pacers out there. I mean, I think it would have, um, I also know that I tend to DNF earlier or easier if I have, like, if my husband's there. Oh really? Or, okay. Because I'm like, nope. I just want to go home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go where it's comfortable and I'm not cold and there's food. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Well, lesson
0: learned right there. I, you know, and I looked at your uh, ultra sign up. Like I said, and you're signed up for Bigfoot and Cokadona both next year. And yeah. so now you have to do those without your husband. He can't come because uh, right. we figured out your your game plan. <laughs> you gotta right? go do it by yourself.
2: Well, I I have to figure out Cocodona. When I signed up, I didn't I didn't stop and think about how I'm going to get back from Sedona to Phoenix. <laughs> so <Well.
0: laughs>
2: I have not figured that part out yet. <laughs> so I might have to figure out a game plan for that. Uber so, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that part. But. Well, I'm
0: pretty sure I'm going to be out there. And uh, so if I can give you a ride, I'd be happy to give you a ride. <laughs> uh, I'll have a little bit of crew and, and pacers out there. I'll have a couple coherent people at that point. So, um, yeah, link up with us and, and hopefully we can get you a ride, but, yeah. oh man. So yeah, you're just not slowing down. Um, when did you sign up for those next two races? Was it after Moab or before Moab?
2: Uh, it was before.
0: Before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was
2: before. Yeah, yeah. Cause the Bigfoot lottery was, oh, that's right. uh, class last month. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't think I'd get in. <laughs> so, and I actually almost took my name off the day before the the drawing on the last day that you could or whichever day it was, the last day you could remove your name. Okay. Um, but I mean I have a little more of an idea of what to expect now. Totally. So that will be good. Yeah. And then um Cocodona uh yeah i don't know
1: what to expect there <laughs> <laughs> i
2: will say that i've ordered my own bibi, so i don't have to depend on <laughs> a foil bivy i have an actual reusable
1: <laughs> nice
2: bird one so i can actually get in it zip it and keep any creepy crawlies off me <laughs> <to> <laughs> crawl on the side of the road so yeah uh that hopefully will encourage me to take a few 10 to 15 minute naps <laughs> a little yep. Yep. earlier this time and um yeah cool i'll prob- probably do a couple longer runs like at home too mm. where i'm up for a couple of days and yeah. work on the maybe figuring out a way to keep a grip on reality a little better <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know how you manage that one i mean i don't think you can practice to yeah. to not have hallucinations to not yeah have these visions of yourself. Like I've already been here before. Like, yeah. I think you're just going to have to own that one. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what advice do you have for someone that's thinking about their first 200 miler or for myself who hasn't done one yet? Coca Dona is probably going to be my first one. Uh, what advice do you have for a newbie?
2: Uh, well, I'm still a newbie <laughs> and I will be for at least five or six more races like this, I think. But you've done uh, it.
0: You've been there.
2: Yeah. I think that having a flexible plan and like having the ability and the willingness to like alter that plan a little bit is the most important. Okay. I mean, you know, everybody, you've got to be physically able to go into it and, you know, mentally prepared for it also, Mm -hmm. but you just, you don't know what's going to happen during these things. So, um, being, being open to changing plans as you need to is like, I think that is so important. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't mean that your race is over for sure. Yeah. It just means that you've sidestepped a little bit and, um, yeah, eventually it could mean that it is, but yeah, you know, you got at least five or six moves in there before before you get to that point.
0: Yeah, so like if if I make it to mile one twenty and I'm a few hours off of my goal time that I thought that I was going to be at mile one twenty, it's not the end of the race. Yeah. You know, it's just no. we still have days to go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, best.
2: and that's but and that's yeah, that's the big thing is like over this many days, like time either speeding up or slowing down makes a big impact at the yeah. end. Yeah. A huge act at the end, much more so than even like a hundred mile for sure. Um, yeah. Okay.
0: Cool. Oh well, perspective. <laughs> perspective. is everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, did I see that you are a race director as well?
2: We uh yeah, my husband and I have a company, um Happy Malamute Running.
0: Happy Malamute, cool.
2: Yeah.
0: And it may have- not
2: we may be, we may be shutting that down though. Just realities mm. of life and work and time constraints so okay we're making some tough decisions on that one right now mm. but uh yeah I we've mean, been around for a couple of years a <laughs> couple of
0: years Do you just have one race or do you have several races uh we had five five no five. kidding well that's yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of work right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> it um, is
2: it's, it's, it's difficult with a full-time full-time yeah. job oh no business. kidding
0: It's a lot yeah. of work what um what's the longest distance you guys have
2: uh, we have two marathons, um, Hatcher Pass Marathon and Archangel Marathon. And then um, we have had a, a, a three-day event after following Thanksgiving um, that is any, you know, anywhere from one to three days. And we've had wow. people come and do, you know, pull off 100 miles plus in those three days.
0: Is it like a loop so. course?
2: Yeah, it's a, a loop course and it, we run it from uh, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like 12 today, 36 hours, kind of like however many miles you can get in.
0: Yeah. When's your next race? Uh,
2: that I'm running or the uh, with Happy you know, the Malamute? Company? Yeah. I'm sorry, which one?
0: With Happy Malamute, with your company.
1: Oh
2: um well we've kind of put everything on hold for right now it Mm. was going to be the boycott black friday which is the one after thanksgiving
0: okay gotcha Uh, gotcha yeah yeah to be
2: determined (laughs) sure
0: yeah yeah cool well what a incredible story crazy uh like you said it's your 15 minutes of fame so soak it up enjoy it i mean there's worse things you could be famous for than being last place in a race, right? Like,
1: true, that's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you did it, you still did it. A 240 mile race, it's so far. There's so many people that just can't even imagine finishing it. And, uh, I mean, just even if you were 10 seconds behind the cutoff, you still would have finished it. It wouldn't have technically yeah. counted, but yeah, but you did it. You made huh. it within the allotted time. So, Hats off. I mean, congratulations. It's such a huge accomplishment. Has it sunk in at this point?
2: It has at this point. Yeah. It took, it took a few days and, uh, you know, this is probably yesterday and today are kind of the first days. I'm feeling like I'm not in a, just like in a fog
1: Really, still,
2: still tired, but yeah. like not walking through, through, uh, <laughs>
0: <soup>. <laughs> what do your like friends and coworkers think of this?
2: Uh, my friends were all watching the tracker, so. So they were <laughs> so biting oh, their
0: nails. Cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, they had a whole uh, Facebook Messenger thread going on. So, cool. yeah, they were pretty pretty excited. And um, coworkers, I I haven't really talked to them. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: haven't been back to work yet.
2: Yeah, no, a couple yeah. of them, you know, have posted some messages, but
0: sure. they were
2: they know I run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a couple of them know i'm a little more obsessed with it than they would think
0: but... now they're really gonna know
1: yeah yeah
0: i know like when i go back to work after just like running a hundred you know it's like people can't imagine it because most of the coworkers, yeah. of course don't run and they just look at you like yeah. you're a freaking alien or something like yeah, <laughs> yeah. so expect yeah, some of I've that a,
2: I've a couple people who asked me about it but i think i pretty much downplay it yeah can't play it there so
0: yeah, yeah
1: most
2: of them notice that like by the end of my shift i'm like limping and <laughs> <really> <laughs> like it's 12 hours 13 hours on your feet on hospital floors or yeah. or not your legs so
1: no kidding yeah
2: <laughs> it's you no know, they're like wait a minute you run why are you limping it's like because our floors are hard <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh Well, so awesome, Natalie. Um, Thanks for doing this. It's been a great conversation and it's been inspiring. And uh, hopefully I'll see you at Coca-Dona.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Well, work a
2: couple things out to get there, but I'm still planning on being there. (laughs) All
0: right. Cool. Well, um, yeah, keep me posted and we'll all keep an eye on you and see what happens in your future because uh, it doesn't sound like you're slowing down. So just keep doing you. It's cool. I love it. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Natalie. I appreciate you and have a good rest of your day.
2: All right. Thanks. You too. Okay. We'll see ya. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening, you guys. What did you think? Give me a shout. Let me know. Remember to subscribe, like, share, review. We are on Patreon as Do Big Things. That is patreon.com slash do big things. Follow us and support us there. I can't keep this thing going without you guys. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can support us for a whole month. Thank you so much to all of our supporters. I love you guys. We want to thank our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. They make a full range of apparel from hats to socks and everything in between. Exoskin is the only seamless athletic apparel brand that is made in the U.S. Their stuff is tremendous at providing protection from chafing, blisters, hot spots, and odor. If you're into anything outdoors and you haven't bought any of their stuff, you are slipping, Jack. Their shorts, socks, shirts, and hats have been through some of the most challenging and rigorous races in the world. And they stand behind their products with a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you wear it and you're not convinced, send it back for a full refund so you have nothing to lose. Check them out, exoskin.us. Use our promo code, BTC, all caps, for big things crewing, and that is a 15% promo code, you guys. This podcast is also brought to you by On Pace Wellness. Will Benitez is working with some of the finest athletes around and he's helping them find even more success. Will's a certified nutritionist and he knows what's what when it comes to diet and nutrition. You want to take your game to the next level? Contact on pace wellness. Maybe you're not an elite athlete and you just want to be healthier and feel better on the day-to-day. Maybe you just need a little guidance. Contact on pace wellness. Mention this podcast, and he's going to give you a 10% discount and get you properly tuned up for success. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest non-alcoholic craft beer on the market. Have yourself a tasty beer or two without all the negative side effects. You can have one in the middle of the day, not have to worry about driving. You can have a couple at night, not have to worry about being groggy in the morning. There's no hangover with this stuff because there is no alcohol. Check out athleticbrewing.com. Use my discount code, McRobertsA20, all caps. For 20% off the best non alcoholic beer around. Buy two six packs or more, and you don't have to worry about shipping costs. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. Remember, guys, life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, take us for a run.